the Jaguars dominate and actually hit a fork in the road for the franchise. I'll explain that to you here today on Locked on Jaguars. You are locked on Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, good people? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jaguars podcast. Where it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. Reminding you that we're free on all platforms. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you also like and subscribe the YouTube page. Today's episode of Locked On Jaguars is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Are y'all giddy? Are you happy? What does it feel like going two in a row winning on the road against teams that are perceived to be playoff teams and doing it in dominant fashion, 62 to 10. That's the combined cumulative scores of the last two weeks versus the Colts and the Chargers. The Jaguars have served notice to the rest of the National Football League that it's for real. It's not just one good game here or one good game there. They are a confident team with a plan that seems to have hit a fork in the road or have taken that exit off of that constant loop of less than mediocrity that we've seen from this franchise for more than a decade now. Is it too early to say it? No, because I said it before the season got started, that this would happen. And it's happened. 38 to 10 yesterday, we'll recap a little bit of what we saw in yesterday's game. Talk about the real hardcore tangible pieces and parts on both sides of the ball that they have. We'll do that in segment two. In segment three, I'm going to tell you why I believe they are the kings of the South right now uh, in the AFC in the AFC South. And I'm going to give you hard reasons to really examine that and think about it. But let's get back to Right now, we're going to look at yesterday's game, textbook performance. It is what we have talked about here that I believe is the blueprint for what a team is supposed to look like. You now understand that they have this identity. You're starting to really understand if someone were to go out here and blindly ask 25 Jaguar fans, 25 hardcore Jaguar fans, what kind of football team is Jacksonville? The answers why they'll be different, while they will be different, will also have a similar ring to them. Folks will talk about their ability to stop the run, their ability to run and be physical on the defensive line. The players on the second level being able to go sideline to sideline and also flow to the ball and cover. They'll also talk about the speed of the secondary and how they close and tackle. The other thing is, is they don't give up sacks. They might give up a little pressure, but they don't give up sacks. 
they'll talk about the two-headed monster at running back and how opportunistic it is for this team to have two guys with different skill sets, but they both complement each other. But mainly they're going to talk about the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and how those weapons and receivers are able to get open and how Trevor Lawrence has shown you quickly from week one to week two and then from the first half yesterday or the first quarter yesterday to the the next three quarters that he can adapt and overcome and get on a roll and get really, really comfortable and let his arm talent do all of the talking. Doug Peterson, man, called a hell of a game yesterday. And it's, it's so refreshing to see a coach have his finger on the pulse of the team and that team be a reflection. You actually can see that leadership. There's one thing about, I heard a teacher tell a parent this. I can see the day-to-day micromanaging that you have on your children. By the way, the teacher told me that back in the day. And it, and it resonated with me that someone can actually say that they see your work in the conduct of the people that you're responsible for. So I, 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 I use that to, to, to sort of translate that to football. I see the confidence. I see the discipline. So mainly when we get to segment three, I'm going to talk about play calling. And I know I've always said that coaches are more than play callers. And I still mean that, but it was something that we saw yesterday in the play calling. So I want to jump too far ahead and start talking about that because that's going to tie in. But just from the mental aspect of how the guys respond when there's a little bit of adversity, how they handle success, how yesterday when the Chargers cut the lead from 13 to 7, the Jags came right back down and drove down the field with aggression and responded. How they came out and they got a field goal and, and made it 16 to 10. And they were, they were one touchdown away. As soon as that happens, the Jaguars responded again. Like anytime there was something good for the Chargers that happened, you didn't see the team fold and buckle and you didn't see – uh, this team allowed it to snowball and continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse. That's the sign that they're mentally prepared. That's the sign that they have confidence. That's that's a sign that they have a belief in self and a trust in one another. That is, uh, Those are the things that take the team a long way. They had the ball yesterday for 38 minutes. Blueprint. This is what we talked about. Playing with the lead, controlling the ball, being able to convert third down situations and then being able to stop the other team from converting those third-down situations and getting off of the field. You don't have to have sacks, but you have to have pressure. They tackled well in space yesterday. They absolutely did. Wherever the contact was made with the receiver, whether it was a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back in the flat, that's where he stopped. That is the key. If you go back to week one in Washington, they had trouble with that. They didn't settle down. They didn't buckle down. They didn't square themselves up. And those little guys got away from it and kept extending plays, which allowed the the commanders to control the clock, which allowed them to run more plays. And at the end of the game, the Jaguars defense was gassed because of it. We don't do this stuff here just to be talking, y'all. All of these things had to happen. And it's like one by one, if you go back and listen to the old podcast, everything that we talked about, is exactly what happened. And I'm not omniscient. I didn't come up with all of this stuff. All I did was pay attention to what they were trying to do. And I listened to what they were saying. 
and you and when you look at the personnel based on what they were talking about and how they were practicing you said okay i can see where what we did was we came up with okay how can they win let me draw a map of how this particular team can win the way they're constructed and so far we have hit it dead on the head we have absolutely hit it dead on the head and because of it not because of what we said but because of what the jaguars have been able to do they're two and one and they're headed to philly to play a big game against uh the eagles which is doug peterson's old team I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about some players. I'm going to talk individual people and their contributions and what they're doing to make this team unique. And I'll do it in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. After I tell you guys about prize picks, man, I was so close yesterday. I'm still in it on one of my prize picks because I pulled the flex option. But here's what I did. I went to the daily fantasy app called prizepicks.com. I saw the entries and the player projections that prize pick had assigned to each player. What I did was decide to go more or less on yardage or more or less on the receiving yards or passing yards. And I picked five entries. Now, if you hit all five, you get 10 times your money. But if you choose the flex option, you'll still get a lower payout, but at least you won't be a loser. So that's where I'm sitting at now. You can do the same thing by going to prizepicks.com or downloading the prize picks app in your app store first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match of up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on now if you don't have a hundred if you put in 50 they will price picks price picks will match you 50 dollars on your first deposit with that promo code locked on and remember it's daily fantasy entries based on player projections and you decide whether it's going to be more or less than what price picks has given to those players make sure you use the promo code locked on upon registering and signing up for a 100 instant deposit match of up to 100 dollars. all right we thank you for joining us here on locked on jaguars we are in victory mode here it is two and one after three weeks and i know there's some people kicking themselves and there's a lot of people probably in the building kicking themselves because the jaguars Actually, probably could be a little bit better. They could be 3-0. and But this is what you do. You learn how to win. You learn how to overcome certain things. You learn how to adjust and adapt from week to week. Yesterday, you saw it from game to game. I'm going to stop people from doing one thing right now. And I, I think if you listen to today's Locked On NFL show, when I was on with Kevin Ostriker, uh, I mentioned this. And I ain't jump all over Kevin about it, but I just, I had heard it. Uh, between the time the game ended and the time I did the interview with Kevin, I heard it like six or seven times. The first thing everybody wants to bring up is the fact that the Chargers are banged up. I don't care, and neither should you. Um, The Jaguars have played a lot of teams in the past that have been banged up, and they've lost, and no one gave the Jaguars a mulligan for doing that. Uh, No one's talking about Jameis Winston today. Everybody's saying Jameis Winston ain't it in New Orleans because they lost to Carolina, and he's right here playing with a broken back. I don't want to hear people sit here and act like the only reason the Jaguars won the game yesterday was because Justin Herbert had some cartilage issues with his ribs. They have nothing to do with nothing when that boy threw the ball off the wrong foot and hit a guy 50 yards down the field. They gushed over him all day yesterday. Okay, was Austin Eckler hurt? No. Okay, Joey Bosa, yeah, he got hurt in the game, but uh, uh, what about Khalil Mack? 
Was he hurt? Was Asante Samuel hurt? Was Derwin James injured? I don't want to hear it. Mike Williams wasn't injured. I, I just don't want to hear the excuses. I don't, because what it does to me is it tells me that folks are so hell-bent on this narrative that the Jaguars won't ever be any good, that when they go out and they show you that they're good, we got to come up with an excuse for the other team as to why the Jaguars beat them. And that's just not cool. And it ain't going to fly. Not over here, it's not. You can pull that somewhere else, but we ain't going to let you get away with it. Jaguars over the years have found every which way you can imagine to lose games. So when they finally do what they're supposed to do and win some, folks want to make excuses for the opponent, and that's just not going to fly with us. Sorry. Not sorry. The bottom line is I'm going to tell you why they won, and I'm going to go through some people. Trevor Lawrence let you know yesterday he he looked like Peyton Manning to me yesterday, other than the times he rolled out because you know Peyton couldn't run. But that's the feeling that I get with him when I watch him play. Like, it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's not Tom Brady, and he's Trevor. He's unique in his own right. But I feel a Peyton Manning-like aura about him and a command of the offense and a rapport with his receivers. Zay Jones came to play yesterday. Not that he had in the first two weeks, but when his number got called yesterday, he delivered with 10 catches. Now you go, 10 catches, 75 yards, that ain't that big. Oh, watch the game and you'll realize how big his uh, plays were. I don't know how many of them for first downs. I know one of them was for a touchdown. But for first downs, he was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. James Robinson, as usual, came to play again yesterday, busted off a 50-yarder. So he had 16 carries for 50 yards without that long touchdown. But uh, I'm sorry again, that's not the way this works. That 150-yard accounts. So he had 17 carries for 100 yards. Reminded me of John Riggins on fourth and inches in the Super Bowl back in the day against the Dolphins. When once he got through, because they had 11 men in the box, once he got through and Brandon Sheriff came around and made that block, it was a wrap. Shout out to Chris Manhurts, too, for the seal down on the inside to not allow the Chargers to set the edge. Travis Etienne showed up in a big way, running the ball and catching the ball and provided the Jaguars some, some late first downs and, and, a, and a speed threat. He almost He's going to break one soon because he's almost, almost there every single time. Juwan Taylor, I didn't even know Khalil Mack was dressed out. Thank you once again for being, as of right now, if the season ended today, you'd be an all-pro at offensive tackle. And if you weren't, somebody would be uh, need to be drug tested because that's how well he's played. Defensively, the defensive line, you won't see the stats that they won't get a lot of credit for, but Josh Allen was active all day long. They hit, uh, they hit Justin Herbert a lot. I saw Trayvon Walker get to him and almost have a sack like three or four times. They were both being held all day to the point where people were taking still photos of those guys being held. Uh, Devon Hamilton, along with photo photo Kazi, can I get that right? Those guys played well and were stout against the run. Foy Oluwakon was active, but now I got to get to it, man. Devin Lloyd looked like Julian Peterson. Devin Lloyd was everywhere. Batting balls down, got another interception, tackling everything that moves, sideline to sideline, 
just super, super active. And between him and Trayvon Walker, the Jaguars hit pay dirt on those young guys that are going to be around here for a while. In the secondary, Tyson got one caught on him earlier by Mike Williams, but he was right there to make the play. And then he started making plays later on, and he was even physical uh, on the back end. Shout out to Trey Herndon for stepping in in the nickel roll and just playing well. And Darius Williams also, other than one catch where he kind of let it get away from him that he took accountability for, played extremely well yesterday. Along with Andre Sisko and Rayshon Jenkins came up and laid the wood on somebody. You can just see the identity and the things that Mike Caldwell is trying to get done defensively. And you can also see how Doug Peterson controls everything offensively and has the guys playing at a high level. So I want to talk about Doug Peterson, and I want to talk about the difference between just being a good play caller but also being a guy who has appeared to explain concepts to his offense. Because I've always told people that being a head coach is more than being a play caller, but play calling is important. But before you even get to being a play caller and before you even get to that point, what you have to do is you have to do proper installation and have accountability And I think Doug Peterson has done that. And we'll discuss that more here in segment three in just a second on Locked on Jaguars after I tell you about Turo, because Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever, wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada and the U.K., Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive the new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see if it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions, and exclusions apply ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at turo.com and you can find me here along with you and make me your first listen on locked on jaguars every single day because it's your team every day today the jaguars are two and one and the kings of the south and sitting atop the AFC South, and I'm going to tell you why I can freely say that and I feel fully confident in saying it. It's because of Doug Peterson. And it's not too early for all of you. Well, it's too early to say this. until No, you, you can wait until it's obvious. You can wait until there's seven and two and nobody's within three games and then go, they're the best team in the South. We don't wait. We don't do that here. What we do here on Locked on Jaguars is we make bold, honest proclamations and and we make predictions based on information and the information tells me that as much as mike vrabel is cool and everybody likes to say how great of a coach he is and they might be right doug peterson has a lombardi trophy doug peterson is the best quarterback i mean best coach in this division he's also probably the best coach who played quarterback in this division trevor lawrence is more talented than any other quarterback in this division Matt Ryan's a former MVP who's old, and Ryan Tannehill is the guy who has this big variance of what he's going to be from week to week. He's either going to be really good or he's going to be really bad, right? 
and the kid in Houston, yeah, he, he over, you know, he, he he's outplayed his draft status. Last I looked, though, they ain't won no games yet. So, and I know everybody wanted to say that kid was, what's his name, Mills, they wanted to say that kid was, you know, the best quarterback in last year's draft because he was ready to play. And he's probably a good player. He ain't Trevor Lawrence, man. Y'all cut that out. Why can't I say that they're the best team? Look at the people that I named in segment two. Don't they have the big physical, some of the most big physical best players? Haven't they gone out and played more consistently over the last couple of weeks? If, if you say the Colts are the best team and I say, no, the Jaguars are, how can you dispute it when they beat the Colts 24 to nothing? One of the reasons they have been so good, and by the way, Frank Reich said yesterday after the Colts beat the Chiefs, oh, I just think the Jaguars are better than y'all think. What else do you have to see? I don't, I don't, I can't tell you, I don't know what else it is you have to see. You know, I said yesterday on the postcast that this team is not, this team wasn't cursed. You change, you know, the Bucks used to be like that, right? The Patriots. It's a lot of teams that used that had a history of being bad, but once you change the people, once you change the, the, the coach and got the quarterback right, it all changed. And Seattle was horrible forever. It all changed. Yeah. It all changed. It all changed because of the people. So what has Doug Peterson done? Yeah, I talked I talked about how he was going to outcoach Brendan Staley, and he did it. And we can talk about how he mixes and matches and, and causes plays and, and how they look like they have a plan. And I heard that phrase several times yesterday. All that stuff is true. But what also makes him good is, is the fact that he gets other people to buy into what he's doing. And in three weeks, those guys have bought in. And you've seen him do it without a lot of yelling and screaming. What you what we haven't saw and what we're not privy to is the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Doug mentioned something yesterday in his press conference after the game that if, you know, the, the, the players, they start to believe because they realize and they see how hard they're working. And when you see that hard work translate on the field, it, it should only make you want if you know what it was that got you the victory, I want some more of that, right? It's like Popeye and his spinach. Why would he Why would he never want more spinach? Because every time he eats spinach, it makes him stronger, right? So let's go get, let's go when nobody's watching and let's go get some more of this, this spinach, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's on the chalkboard, whether it's film study, whatever we're doing is working, right? So let's go do some more of that because I want to make sure we win on Sunday and I want it to feel this way. It's their hard work and it's their belief that has led them to have this confidence. It is, it is that that has led the Jaguars to do what I said yesterday. And what that is, is they don't look like they're surprised that they win. They don't look like they're shocked. They don't look like, oh my God, we're so happy because Trevor Lawrence said, we know we're good. We, we're a good football team. You can't deny it. And that what other people say doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what you do. That's all that matters is what you do. And I keep telling, I have said this until I'm blue in the face. And this is why I was so adamant that eventually this team is going to be good. And what that is, is 
folks can talk that tough game about being the best, wanting the best, doing the best of the best, and all of the best of the, the best, and then you act you you the worst behind the scenes. The only thing I've ever said is when they start working hard, when they start getting to work in, and when they have a plan, and when they have a coach who has credibility that has done it before, and once they have demonstrated performance, it's only going to add to them being more confident. We talked about how practice and all of the things that they do behind the scenes that we don't see, what that is, is that's where the hard work goes in. You you, you just display it on the weekend. You know, when people are in the stands, it's almost like, okay, let me show you what we've been doing. And the people should be like, okay, let me see what you've been doing. And the product that you put on the field either reflects that you've been doing what you're supposed to be doing or you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's the way this goes. And I knew that they had a coach who had done it before, and I knew they had a coach who knew how to have them right during the week when we're not looking so that when we do finally see him play, that's what comes out. It's not rocket science. So it's not necessarily about play calling. It's about them understanding how to execute. How many times did they execute a play yesterday and you saw their hard work in what they were executing? Last year, first game of the year, you knew they blew training camp. They didn't know what the hell was going on and you saw it on the field. When they came out on Sunday and you saw how ill-prepared they looked, you knew that they blew that whole week of practice. They had they hadn't done anything that they were supposed to be doing because the guy that led them didn't know how to make it happen. Now they 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 have a fair chance every single time because we know they're going to be prepared. They're going to figure it out. They're going to do things the right way. That's why when folks say they look like they have a plan, I agree with that, but I think it's a little bit bigger than that. They don't just have a plan. They understand the concept of what they're trying to do. Therefore, the the results are more clear, and that's why the identity is now showing up, and the identity is more clear. And that's why I give Doug Peterson so much credit, not just for the way it looks, why he's on the field calling plays, but for the way it looks based on when they walked on that field that day, they were ready to go. This is the tangible reason why I think this is real and why I'm telling folks they ain't going nowhere, man. They're over there ready. They're probably over there preparing right now, eating spinach. Get used to it. Don't, when you watch these TV shows today, don't let these talking heads tell you that some guy was banged up. Yeah, bang these. That's what you bang. We the Jaguars can play. And you can you can make these excuses until the cows come home. But this is the NFL. People are always banged up. 62 to 10 the last two weeks. They got a big game in Philly, and we're gonna be covering that all week long. Uh people were relatively uh, healthy yesterday coming out of the game, so that's a big deal. We're gonna bring all of that to you all this week. We're gonna play the hits, man. We're gonna talk about what they look like, how you feel about what they look like, where do we go from here. Of course, we've got a crossover coming later on this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson going. Doug Peterson is not disliked in Philadelphia. I know a bunch of Eagles fans. I was on vacation with 12 of them just probably a month and a half or two months ago when the Hall of Fame game was on. And we were sitting by the pool and they were like, there's our coach. 
They so it's not like by him going back to Philly, it's gonna be like him getting booed or something. No, 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 no. That's not and they might because they booed Santa Claus up there, but still, for the most part, he's gonna he might be the most beloved person in the building. But that don't mean the Jaguars ain't gonna go out there and try to put a foot all up in Philadelphia. Because I think they are. You guys hang with me every single day. And you know, man, we we love it here on Locked on Jaguars. I love the interaction on social media, by the way. It has been tremendous, especially when the team wins. Somebody that picked him to do real well was my guy, Matt Williamson, who is one half of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And, man, it's one of the greatest NFL shows you're ever going to pay attention to. Make sure you like and subscribe. Find it wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. The Peacock and Williamson Williamson Show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, man, until tomorrow, you guys hang tough. Take care of each other. Enjoy the victory, Jaguars. You you guys deserve it. 38 to 10. They did it the right way. They punched them in the mouth, took their lunch money, got on the plane and came back home. Uh, We're going to talk Philadelphia all week, so get ready for it. I'm going to tell you right now, if the Jaguars beat the Eagles and go to three and one, I want y'all to be the most insufferable fans ever on social media because you have taken a beating and now you deserve to give out one. Until then, you guys take care. Keep taking care of each other. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Jaguars.